you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL Podcast. Drinks LaCroix like a little bitch. Welcome. I mean, in today's day and age, too, especially inappropriate. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler. Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, you little b- Hey, Dan. <laughs> well, now we got to beep you out. It's not so much the drinking of that product. It's just the, that you put a straw into such a small can. A little, it's a little, you know, My dog, extra. Mark, would it see? Dan, as they would say. It's a little... It's a little sli- flourish. Slightly dainty. <laughs> but I think you're going Especially for Especially when it's it feels that, when it's that um, Perrier one or whatever. Mm, that's right. like even Delicious. a smaller bottle. Like on a <laughs> the, scale of 1 to 100, can. how orchestrated is it to have a little tiny straw in your little are you, tiny LaCroix are bottle? You, are you asking me if it's a manufactured joke? I don't think it's that funny, so I wouldn't call it a joke. <laughs> manufactured <laughs> joke. I mean, it just seems like something that you, do you care about the environment? put some thought into. I do. I use paper straws now. Ooh, oh. Those are annoying. Gotcha. I'm looking at a plastic one right now. Well, that's Starbucks. That's on them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, today's show, forget about all that. That's, who cares about that? That's just, that's just what I, how I drink. Let's Get slide off, off that back. topic. Uh, we have things to talk about. The NFL it keeps moving. As we uh, close in on the Super Bowl, it is less than a month away, um, and we're going to get to the next round of the playoffs, the divisional round, uh, on tomorrow's show. But today's show... Our Wednesday show, we will be focusing on the coaches' carousel. Mm. <laughs> because, Greg, it was a little quiet, you know, entering uh, the weekend uh, through Sunday even. And then the last 72 hours or so, we are flying. It was almost as if all the agents and the executives said, Let's set up their Wednesday podcast perfectly by dropping Ooh, like all that. that news right before it. Yes. So we, as you know, there are eight job openings, or there were. They are filling up fast and furious. In fact, I think there's just, although some things you still have to cross the T's, dot the I's on contract. I think we're all only down to three teams, really, Greg, that we don't know who their head coach would be. So we're getting there. Getting close. And Mark. I thought it was two. Am I off? The Bungles, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Oh, you're right. You're My essentially fault. not counting the Bengals as a team. Off. I get what you're doing. Mark. Everybody forgets about the Bengals. Yes. You ready to get into it? Because we're going to start with your team. Let's do it. Because the Cleveland Browns, just this morning, made it official. They will promote Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> they like what they smell in that kitchens. And they say, keep them around. They promote Freddie from offensive coordinator to head coach, uh, and because you can't just, especially with the personality involved, you can't have Greg Williams ascend to head coach 
and then do well and say, all right, now you get to be an underling again. They say, bye, Greg. Good, bad day for the Triple Gs, Greg. Greg Williams, after all he did for the Browns in the second half of the season, gets his walking papers, but it makes sense. Uh, but let's focus for now on Freddie Kitchens, Mark Sessler, because you would, you were calling for this uh, for weeks because you loved what he did once he took over for Todd Haley. So you're happy with this move, aren't you? I mean, there's never really been since, and it's so depressing now to go back to like the mid to late 80s to find a relationship in Cleveland where the quarterback and, you know, when he went, Freddie Kitchens was the play caller to now the head coach had a tight relationship that was also creative and thriving. So that what bothered me was the idea of breaking that up. Uh, I thought this was a very interesting coaching search, one of the more unusual ones in the league where everyone went in thinking, oh, well, Jimmy Haslam is going to make everyone hire Adam Gase because Peyton Manning is his friend and he's in his ear saying Adam Gase is the great guy. Adam Gase never even gets an interview. Then it's, well, it's obviously going to be Mike McCarthy because the front office is littered with all these Packers people. And Mike McCarthy doesn't even get an interview. They delayed that, and they could have done that weeks, ages ago. So Kitchens, you know, at in the la- I think the last 72 hours, got thrust into the role as a very realistic candidate. And then at the end, this Kevin Stefanski thing that blew up, where they brought him in for a second interview. And there was, as early this morning, that, oh, the Browns are doing the most Browns thing. There's an in-house battle based on analytics and more football meathead types. One of them wanting Kitchens, one of them wanting Stefanski. But in the end, you find out, I mean, you're reading that a lot of people were pushing for Freddie Kitchens, starting with John Dorsey, obviously here. So I think they made the right choice, and they navigated what you, a strange pool of candidates compared to other years in general. Jim Caldwell, Dan Campbell, right. Matt Eberflus. I'm happy with it. I, I don't understand if you're looking – the whole thing is to find someone who can who shows a skill at calling plays, shows a skill at maximizing players like Nick Chubb, who had essentially no role before Hugh Jackson left, and taking players like that and, of course, your quarterback and saying, let's make this offense as good as it can be. They showed vastly different – uh, you know, capabilities after Kitchens took over. Why would you break that up and hire another untested play caller well, or someone else? So there's home a, run for me. A home run. That's that's good to hear, Mark. And you know what it is? It's such a great unknown, this process. He, this guy still is an unknown. Let's face it. He's right. young. He's 44. He's never really had uh, responsibility anywhere close to this. So there is risk to it. You look at a guy like Jim Bob Cooter, who's out on his on his butt now. Uh, I was going to say Cooter. He's out on his butt right now. Uh, he had his, his day to shine as an offense coordinator, and then that wore off. That's the fear that maybe this was more a quick uh, little flash in the pan with Kitchens. That's the fear, though. But you can't coat, you can't make this decision based on fear. You had results, which in most cases, people are hiring blind. Cliff Kingsbury, who we're going to get to with Arizona, that's a totally blind hire by the Cardinals that may work out. It may blow up. Kitchens, at least they had this knowledge that he worked well with Mayfield, they were scoring points, and they were functional on offense. So I like the hire. There's this cottage industry in the NFL, think tanks and consultants, agents in the ear of NFL insiders, pushing the right coaches or the ones that get the endorsements. And I thought Joe Banner, former Eagles and Browns president, made a good point. You see guys like Freddie Kitchens and Matt Eberflus, and I would even extend this to Kevin Stefanski, who did impress the Browns in their interview. Um, Guys who come from nowhere and can do the job well. Like, these guys aren't – their name isn't in the news. They're not being propped up for years as coaching candidates. It it makes you think – Who else is out there? Who's a position coach or who's lower on a coaching staff that can do a better job than some of these guys who have been around for years? Like many people, like I went to Freddie Kitchen's Wikipedia page over the last week because I didn't really know much about him. You know, he was a quarterback at Alabama, which a lot of college fans will know for four years. But – he was the quarterback's coach under Bruce Arians for four years. He was a, a position coach with the Cardinals for a decade. It is tough to keep a job in the NFL on the same team for a decade through multiple different coaching administrations. And so the fact that he impressed all those different coaches to keep those jobs, he was tight ends coach and quarterbacks coach, then running backs coach, all with Arizona before he ended up coming with the Browns. It's not like he's a, a total overnight story. He's been in the NFL for 11 years. And I think Dan's point is perfect, is that they do know him better than any of those other 
candidates, and he's a little different. Like I like the way he talks. I like that his wife is named Ginger. I like Ginger. Uh, I like that a lot. I just see he has he cuts a different uh, profile than a lot of the head. Ginger so Kitchens. A little. Uh, That's perfect. I don't even know him what and that Baker. Is, but I like it. Him and Baker seem like a fun kind of like personality match too. They did talk about. There were so many different people reporting this that Stefanski and Kitchens were so close that they were going to incorporate Baker Mayfield's take on this, and I wonder if that pushed it over the edge. Um, and back to Greg Williams, I find irony in the fact that uh, Williams caught a lot of flack throughout the season for his hard knocks comment that he had seven job offers on the table when he went to the Browns. And it's funny because Greg Williams will absolutely, in my mind, be a defensive coordinator somewhere. And there are like eight teams, you know, six to eight teams looking for a D.C. right now probably. He might get seven offers. I don't know about that. He might get it. No. He might get it. He's going to get offers. I don't think he hurt himself over the last two months no, of the season. The opposite. The, I think the opposite. I don't, but he's a unique personality match whose NFL career would have absolutely ended if not for Jeff Fisher, who he had such a close relationship with. And that's what the NFL is all about. I don't, I'd have to go through the coordinator openings right now and try to figure out a match because I, I don't think he'll have a lot of offers. He might get one. You're right, Dan. Seven. But just because personality-wise, I don't know how many head coaches are going to feel comfortable bringing him on. You want to put a sandwich on it that he gets a job? No, because I, I think you're. I think there's a decent chance. I, I just I want to. I would want to look at the teams and think about. What it. about he gets seven jobs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would put one on that. He gets seven offers. Um, I won't do that with you. Um. More making the point, he does have more of a market now than he does his his make-believe market that he had before he got the Browns job, in my opinion. But, um, all right. And, yes, Kevin Stefanski. By the way, a good day for the 60% Gs out there. We don't want him being the, the main representative. Ouch. Kevin Stefanski uh, does, uh, after not getting the Browns job, he's the full-time OC for the Vikings. So he sticks around there. Moving on, the Denver Broncos. They go in a different direction. Uh, they hire former Bears defensive coordinator Vic Fazio as their new head coach. So in the era where everyone is looking for the next Sean McVay, John Elway bucks that trend. He says, I like the guy that's a good defensive play call caller. Get my defense back to where it should be. Uh, your thoughts, Wes, on Vic Fazio in Denver. It doesn't really surprise me that John Elway went defense and sort of went against the grain of what's popular in the NFL right now. He went defense with his last hire, and it seems to me that he thinks Gary Kubiak can just come out of the front office, go right back to the sidelines, and take over the offense, and they'll be fine. But this team is built on its defense, and I think John Elway knows that and wants to continue to sort of feature the defense as the featured part of this this organization. Elway made this comment. He said, I want one side of the ball to be dominant. Because you, it's rare that it's both. And, and I think that, that this is a movement towards getting back to running that defense the way that he wants it to be run. Well, and it doesn't make sense without Kubiak. But Kubiak is the offensive coordinator, and that's a huge hire. I mean, that's to me, that's partly why they hired Fangio. Wait, do we all have to say there? Well, I mean, yeah. totally up to your... <laughs> okay, I'm going to get yeah. Fangio. Cause this yeah. is, he, he, Vic Fangio, who's 60 years old... I mean, Doesn't sound as good, you got to admit that. Yeah, the, he has as much respect, I think league-wide and just for the the week-to-week game plans that he's come up with dating back to his days with the 49ers and now with the Bears as just about any defensive play caller in the league over the last decade. Like, if you put who's been the best coordinator over the last decade on defense, he'd be in the top five for sure. And so you're you're combining that defensive mind with Gary Kubiak, who's up there in terms of offensive coordinators and certainly did a great job when he was with – Denver. So as long as Kubiak's healthy, like that's if I'm a Broncos fan, I feel pretty good about I'm that. I'm gonna combo. throw it over to coordinator corner. Mark Sessler spends a lot of time over there as well as we know. Uh, Mark Gary Kubiak, good buddies with John Elway. Probably has hung out in the uh, lobby of the used car lot many times, just shooting the s. Mm-hmm. Any concerns if you're a Vic Fangio? that a Super Bowl-winning head coach is now your assistant, and he also happens to be best buds with your boss. I would be a little concerned just because they're they're totally tight, and if there's issues there, you may not win the push and pull. But I think Fangio, did I say that right? Vic Fangio. I'll leave that to you as well. 
Uh, it, I mean, that had to be part and parcel for what might be his only shot to be a head coach. I mean, these guys are vet. These guys have been in the NFL for 30 years. They probably know each other very well. Kubiak seems about as much as any head coach I can think of as a relatively ego free, egoless guy. Not a Machiavellian nightmare. And, and I was surprised because, like, okay, well, if your health – why hasn't he just become the head coach? And I and I did ask about I heard I heard from, you know, the insiders. Or whatever, they, he really thought that there's a different health and stress. Because he's that. been oh, in the different roles between coordinator and head coach that he essentially was asking – can I be? I want to be a coordinator again. The Broncos were like, "You can't leave. We want you to be our coordinator." But he did not want to be the head coach. He did not want to be considered because he thought that's too stressful. He's been through it before. What if Vic Fangio? It's interesting like, because it's not it, like coordinators are an easy job. Oh, it's so harder Kubiak, than so it's harder Kubiak than was driving this whole thing. Apparently, he, he, he apparently that's what he wanted to do, and, and that's what Elway wanted too. Because it's like he—he's not a young man. That's got to be harder than ninety-nine point nine percent of jobs out there. He said, "Still, apparently, the word <laughs> is that Kubiak, like you're saying, doesn't want to be a head coach anymore. But Bruce Arians didn't want to be a head coach anymore a year ago. I'm just saying, he's fifty-seven. People change. Way. People, their opinions change. He gets back into the sport. He might get the itch. And what if he starts having conversations with L.A. Me as a person, if I—if I was Vic Fangio, <laughs> I'd be a little bit nervous about another the angle because L.A. and him are so tight. You're I'm too sure." The money side for Kubiak for doing less is probably very good. His friend is going to pay him very well. If, I'd like to think that the older we get, the less, right. the less Machiavellian. Right. Dan and the would, more good like, luck with that. able to get along with other people. Dan but would maybe, be one of those head coaches that would like have sources that buried the other <laughs> the coordinator through the media. I mean, Greg. Not a palace and drink. Don't, don't be obtuse, Greg. This is a cutthroat business, and there's a lot of backbiting. And, you know, all the shop talk going behind the scenes. And That's true. Backstabbing. Doesn't it help that Fangio probably wants nothing to do with the He's offense got, on at all? I think Wes I is right, though. They are all over – like, they're, they're 57 and up. I think they're not sweating that as much. It's like and, the, and hopefully enjoying, you know, It's like a Jack Nicholson, Morgan chance. Freeman movie going on right <laughs> Those are great. Uh, <laughs> let's spin the carousel and move on uh, to another um, – Old man, relatively, compared to what we're seeing in the game. Bruce Arians, who just brought up, retired, said, my body, my mind, I'm all know this NFL sideline business. Went to CBS, went in the booth, didn't like that so much. He got an itch for the game. Ends up getting hired by the Bucks, who have to be, Greg, happy with how this landed for them because they still, they're conflicted, obviously, about Jameis Winston at this point. But if you want to get one more shot to see if the number one overall pick is going to fly, how about a guy that loves the downfield bombing attack? Bruce Arians is another proven, tested guy. Not bad. It's a perfect match for Winston's skill set. I mean, they showed I, – I saw this graph that showed what quarterbacks over the last six years have the highest air yards per attempt per season. And all of the – basically, there were two players off the charts – and those two players were Carson Palmer under Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston throughout his career. And I think a guy like Arians probably convinced them that he sees the good parts of Winston in, in that he seems like a very football smart guy about 95% of the time. And he makes some really crazy decisions, but he's still 24 years old and has a ton of production. It's also a way for Jason Light, who worked with Arians in Arizona, to kind of this is his last chance. I, I feel like they are on a hot seat right away because Jason Light is on a hot seat and he's so tied to Arians. He's so tied to Winston that even though he's signed a four-year contract, it feels like they need to produce quickly or else this whole thing could get blown up. And that is based on the track record of the Bucks under the Glazers. No one's changed coaches over the last 12 years more than the Bucks and the Browns, and they have not made the playoffs in 11 years. So I think the expectations are going to be high, but they should be high with Arians and Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich as a play caller and, and, and passing well, you game said coordinator. Todd Bowles. That's, a nice, that's a nice mix. Apparently Todd Bowles and the Bears are Is that not official? But now they're coming after him. So perhaps mm. Todd Bowles has a decision to make, and I'll say, and, and we'll get back to Arians, but that's a, not an easy decision. Bowles has a good relationship with Arians, we know, and they have some nice players, Wes, on that roster. In they Tampa. are extremely tight. Uh, uh, but the Bears' defensive coordinator job, that's a good gig. But maybe the deal breaker, Wes, is that Bruce Arians is a late-period Parcells year-to-year type coach at this stage of his life. 
Todd Bowles might have a ticket for the big chair if he can get that defense surging, and then he gets a shot. It's a tricky spot for Bulls because he and Arians are tight, and I do think the Bucks defense has more talent than is commonly believed. But you could also be featured as the Bears' defensive coordinator if they can go on a Super Bowl run. And Byron Leftwich could be kind That's of a true. head coach in waiting, I feel, well, I I feel think like, too. The way if in it which, worked really well. The way in which Arians has built his coaching staffs, I think, is one of the most intriguing in the NFL. There are only two of 32 coaches who are black. And we're in an era where everybody wants to hire the bright, young, innovative mastermind on the offensive side of the ball. Offensive coordinators are 90% white. Quarterback coaches are just about 100% white. Offensive line coaches are about 90% white. So how do these guys get jobs? I think a guy like Bruce Arians has gone out of his way to hire minority coaches. He's thrust Harold Goodwin into the play-calling role in preseason games. Hired a, hired a female. And Goodwin's joining him in Arizona, too, and, and Leftwich. Now he's, he's allowing Byron Leftwich to take over the passing game. And I think this is – going forward, I'd like to see more white coaches do stuff like this as an avenue toward getting some African-Americans into these jobs. It's going to be a story. Once this carousel stops spinning – we're going to be down to very few black coaches in the league. Where are we uh, on that? Well, no. I mean, the pro- it's what Wes just said exactly because there the are number? studies. Yeah, what is the number we're at? I, is it down to is it down to one? The Bengals, you know, some of the top That's candidates there has a chance to be the only team, I think, that has a higher. The Dolphins also, Brian Flores, Flores. has been – Attached them, t- attach them pretty closely. So we are kind of waiting, but you're you're right. It's been a rough season for African-American head coaches. It's the study like, that you mentioned. It's exactly. Jobs. It's the Sean McVay. Go find the next Sean McVay. And, and that pool of candidates is largely Caucasian, and, that, and that's well, an issue. let's talk about this some more with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, if that's where we're going next. Yeah, because I think that's the a, that's a big part of that. Cliff and the Cardinals. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, that's a tough name to say. Going to have to get used to it, at least for one to three years. Cliff Kingsbury, who was the Texas Tech head coach, didn't work out. He got canned. Takes a job as the OC at, UC, uh, at USC. A lot of hard things to say here. And then finds out a bunch of teams are looking for the next Sean McVay. Wiggles out of the USC deal. Moves into an interview process. Meets with the Cardinals. The Jets decides Arizona is where he wants the head coach. He is now the new head coach of the Cardinals. Wes, what were you going to say? There's all this criticism that it's such a risky hire. It's not a safe move. Well, who's safe? John Fox and Jeff Fisher? Right. Was Steve Wilkes safe and he lasted one year because he had a sub-NFL offense? How about who every, cares if it's safe? Right. How about every coach that just got fired? Were those were those safe or not? Like, if, you're, right. if you're an owner or a team president, you're looking around the league and you see Doug Peterson with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. You see Frank Reich with Andrew Luck. You see Matt Nagy with Mitch Trubisky. You see Sean McVay with Jared Goff. All these guys got immensely better quickly. You also see those four guys' offensive minds come in, and they get Wade Phillips, Vic Fangio, uh, Jim Schwartz. They get some of the best defensive coordinators in the business because nobody's hiring defensive coordinators as head coaches, so there's a much bigger field. If you hire a Steve Wilkes, he fires his offensive coordinator halfway through the season. You hire Vance Joseph, fires his coordinator halfway through the season. Matt Patricia fires his – coordinator after one season there's just a much better chance if you're an owner you're like why wouldn't I hire the offensive coordinator have my cake and eat it too because he's gonna hire a great defensive coordinator people kill Cliff Kingsbury for the college record and none of us watched any of those games let's be honest but that they that was a team at Texas Tech that were the offense what he's meant to be good at right was prolific and fantastic the defense they defensive players didn't go to that team essentially and they were losing because of that side of the ball I mean he's good at what he's meant to be good at and they needed to do this for Josh Rosen who probably has PTSD coming off of last season one of the worst situations a rookie quarterback could be in so you're giving him a shot to be with someone he, who's creative and new and and let that relationship bloom and not a small thing if you hire an offensive coach He's going to be there for a few years. You're not going to be changing an offensive coordinator every well, couple of years. The, the, the concern, I think, with Kingsbury specifically, though, is his staff. So what kind of staff is he going to put together? Sean McVay had been in the NFL, had connections. You know, Even Matt LaFleur has been in the NFL. 
maybe Kingsbury does put together a great staff. There's rumors he might hire the Texas State coach as his offensive coordinator. That's not as big a hire. We haven't heard about who he's going to bring in, but he's he's causing a lot of excitement. I was pretty impressed that the Arizona Cardinals, uh, you know, changed all their Twitter names to Arizona Cardinals with a K. I mean, that's buying in. That's branding. Well, that's just stupid. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on the Arizona job before we move on? Oh, he's, I believe Cliff is four years older than Larry Fitzgerald. So another very young coach. 39. Younger than Wes and I. I do have another thought. Just his, his agent's great. Whoever he is, I mean, the second he lost his job at Texas Little agent Tech, talk? Every age, maybe it's just maybe Kingsbury is just great at working the media. Are we because at Agent Corner? This sure is that a place? I don't know. On the carousel, the second he it was is. fired from Texas Tech, there were a number of media insiders who said wouldn't be surprised if he got some OC head coaching looks, and he did. They were absolutely right. He takes that USC job, and you have. Manish Mehta in New York stumping, saying, we need this guy. You're hearing rumors that the <laughs> Patriots might hire Cliff Kingsbury if McDaniels leaves. That's definitely coming from an agent. I mean, please. And that there's just this huge groundswell of, like, everyone wants this guy. Maybe, maybe he really deserves all the all the attention, but he, he's getting represented well. Final thought on Arizona. All of those offensive coaches I mentioned who turned around the program immediately – they got a lot of help from the GM in their first year on the job. Les Snead rebuilt the Rams. Uh, Pace rebuilt the Bears. Roseman is one of the best GMs in the league. And Chris Ballard did it with the Colts. So the, the Cardinals need to go out and aggressively rebuild a barren roster. It's a great division. Just NFC West games are going to be fun between Shanahan, McVay, and Kingsbury. And then you have – Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are kind of like the, the little guy that's a little yeah. bit different. Two, two comments there. First of all, I feel like Agent Corner would be more like a leafy suburb, right? Yeah. I would think so. I mean, They're the, making a ton of money. Not an urban war living, zone. You no, know, not, not Like a all. Tony, like beautiful <laughs> properties with meticulously landscaped front yards, tennis clubs, like Champagne wide glasses streets, clinking in like the background. Somewhere like, you know, Personal Bergen County, on call. Orange County. What, what would be – where Trophy wise, Martha's Vineyard, you know, somewhere like that. <laughs> Newport Beach, <laughs> not from there. Uh, but yeah, certain parts of Santa Monica, I would say certainly. Yes, and I would also say Malibu. a lot of buzz after these hires that the NFC West has some of the best looking coaches in the game in terms of a collection. Don't sleep on Pete Carroll. Deb Hansis, my mom, has been all in on Pete Carroll since '94, and he he has aged like fine wine. That man. So don't just because Pete Carroll's the oldest of the coaches now in the NFC West, everyone's goo-goo for McVeigh and Cliff Kingsbury. He's in great shape, Pete Carroll. If you went you like looks older based man? on age, age and looks, Carroll wins that in a landslide. Let's see what Whoa. Sean McVeigh looks like 30 years from now. Cut that out. A so, monster is the cut answer. Cut that out, oh, just social good, team. Good luck, good luck being that good-looking in on, your 60s. Put that on our IG stories social team. Stand out at Please your event. Please don't. Dan knows what I'm talking about. For the right reasons with theblacktux.com, I do. The Black Tux offers the kind of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy, and you might only wear once. Wes, I noticed you didn't have any analysis on that topic. On, feel free. On the what to wear to a wedding topic? No, no, no. About the hot coaches. Oh, I don't really track them like you guys do. Okay. Wes doesn't care about that stuff. I really, I'm all about the pigskin. It surprises me to hear that Pete Carroll's good looking. It just this, it's not in my wow. energy. He's not he's in got my incredible skill energy. set to to analyze that. I just I'm not good at it. Okay, with the black tux, simply rent them online so you can oh, blow it, it out for your big one. Dan's like, okay. <laughs> Take your style to the next level. No, he's being honest. I, like I have no idea if, if Pete Carroll's good looking. That's I'm surprised to hear that. It's not your corner. He with just the, seems old to me. With the black tux's free home try-on, you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. Uh, and Wes, you got an event, a big old wedding coming up in May. We're all excited. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. And if anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. See, that's type of – that's going the extra mile. Yeah, because ha we've all rented these things, and they sh you're, you're waiting three hours before the event, and it hasn't arrived. Yeah, show up. Black Tux, never a problem. To get $20 off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com and enter the code AROUND. That's theblacktux.com, code AROUND, for $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux, premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. Let's spin the – Carousel once more. How do you spell carousel, Mark? C-A-R-O-U-S-E-L. Very good. Nailed it. It's a tricky one. 
Matt LeFleur has a job. And it's a good one. The Packers agree to a four-year contract with the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. He replaces Mike McCarthy, still on the market. We're going to get to him in a little bit. It's a four-year contract. Um, Greg with a fifth-year team option per Tom Pelissero. LeFleur, LeFleur uh, is a man who had a deal with a quarterback that was never healthy last year in Tennessee. Uh, but the offense got better, especially when Derrick Henry started having a bigger role. You like this hire for Green Bay? I like that Aaron Rodgers is with a different offensive head coach. I mean, Lafleur, so it could have been literally anyone. Lafleur is a, like a vagrant. No, because if it was Bruce Arians, I have a, a track record where I would kind of you know have a stronger opinion. I don't feel like Lafleur in his one year in Tennessee. I'm gonna praise him or kill him too much. He is certainly a guy that's respected around the league. He impressed the Packers in this interview. They didn't even do a second interview, despite a, a pretty wide uh, group of interesting candidates that they interviewed in Green Bay. And I love that he, it sounds like, we don't know for sure, but it sounds like he's keeping Mike Pettin and most, if not all, of the defensive stuff, which I think is a huge part of the equation. Yeah, I'm just excited to see what he does. I mean, it shows how quickly things can change in the NFL that he essentially lost his job as a quarterback's coach with the Falcons two years ago. He wanted to stay there. McVay ended up kind of giving him a lifeline. They worked together in Washington, goes to be the coordinator there, and here he is now as a head coach of one of the best, most storied franchises in the league with the best quarterback in the league. He's a mystery, and, and we'll find out how much he's absorbed from being next to some of the greatest minds uh, on offense in the last couple of decades. Sean McVay, he was with him in Los Angeles, but McVay was in Goff's ear before the whistle, and during, when the defense had the ball, McVay was running the offense. So right. how much was LaFleur doing there? He was with Kyle Shanahan when Matt Ryan was an MVP and the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. And like you said, he wasn't even brought back as quarterback's coach. How much was Well, that was ap- after Shanahan, right, but to, he, to be fair. Yeah. He wasn't calling the plays. Shanahan was. And then he gets to Tennessee – his starting quarterback has an injury that affects the way he throws the ball, and his backup plays in quite a few games. And yet, in three or four games with the Titans this year, my notes were this coaching staff is coaching its ass off with very little talent. So I- I'm intrigued by it. I just don't know quite who Matt LaFleur is. He was put in a tough situation, obviously, with Marcus Mariota's shoulder, when dealing with Blaine Gabbert half the season. My one thing with this job specifically, you could argue, and many have, that it's the best opening and the presence of Aaron Rodgers gives you a chance for immediate success. But the last two seasons show us that the Packers have issues beyond Aaron Rodgers. And there is this notion that's, you know, you fix the Mike McCarthy part of it. The next coach should just take Green Bay right back to where we thought they were, this NFC title game and the Super Bowl and finally deliver on Aaron Rodgers' potential. It's like there's a lot of pressure. And I don't think this is a Super Bowl team Right now. I, I think there's talent, though. I think there's more talent than maybe any of the other vacancies. Or, or it's certainly up there. I think Patton needs to do a better job. I mean, they had a ton of inter- and injuries, but ultimately the defense wasn't any better than it was under Dom Capers. I feel like the football cognoscenti will stop making assumptions about the Packers after the last two years. I don't, th- I, I don't think there will be an assumption going to next year, oh, they'll be definitely in the mix for the Super Bowl because I think they've now proven – uh, I think they that will there's be. Work that, I will wait and see well, on that Well, you say one. that every year. But I'm just saying, yeah. I think that there's work. I mean, th- that offense, let's be honest. Like, I mean, I what, think there's what is, 12 teams that are or 12, 15 teams before the season that have a chance. And if you have Aaron Rodgers and, and some talent, and they've got some great talent. There's a difference between a chance players. and being a favorite. Yeah. But I, I don't know if they should. It would be wrong, I think, to install them as favorites. The automatic the NFC, NFC again bit. That's After fair. what we saw. It's a good division. And they need to improve around Aaron Rodgers. I think just the, from a, a personnel standpoint. One thing that we saw in the last probably half decade of Mike McCarthy was an inability to find a, a, a consistent running game. And it was just like, we're going to put all this on Aaron Rodgers. Well, Matt LaFleur comes from that rollout offense where everything's based on boot action and play action. Those are the guys he knows. And then you saw him midway through the year in Tennessee put the offense on Derrick Henry when he needed to. And I think you're going to see a lot more Aaron Jones in Green Bay. One one final note. Every time Greg speaks in our studio here, on the door is a pasted I know, I hate that. head I'm of Jared that down. Goff. It's happening and to me every time. I am having the worst podcast experience I have ever had because I keep thinking that there's a 
a human looking head. through the door at us and judging us. I mean, I didn't Thank put you, it Dan. up. Why? Why? Wow! Crumpling it in my face. Dan I'm got up. Got, got rid of it because it is a little. Eerie. Every time I turned to my right to set Greg up or have a conversation, there was a disembodied Jared Goff. Right. And that had to go. So the three men and a baby scenario with the <laughs> other human in the picture. That was a deep callback, but I got the ref and I liked it. It it, it this. Nice pop culture ref. This LaFleur hire is a reminder. Mike Shanahan's one of the most influential coaches of the last 30, 40 years. It, offensively, there's, there's no doubt about it. And the fact that he had Kyle McVay and LaFleur all together and just the, the schemes and, and the offenses that he would come up with on a weekly basis. Bill Belichick always said he thought he was the toughest play caller and coordinator to go against. He, he, he wasn't necessarily the greatest at like running an entire team and being a general manager, but he is one of the greats. He there will be a forgotten. black sheep in this bunch. They're not all going to sort sure. of the NFL. But I just mean that he, his influence and his offensive style, I think time has borne out how influential it is. Uh, all right, so those are the five teams that have a new head coach in place. Let's spin through quickly the three teams that are not um, – connected to a head coach at this point. We'll start with the Jets because Mike McCarthy is the former co- coach of the Packers. And uh, we saw it might have been what we refer internally as agent porn, but it came out yesterday. I've never heard anyone refer to that. <laughs> what? Agent porn? <laughs> Asian porn? No. Agent. Agent porn. I've never heard anyone say that. What? You said we refer to that internally as agent porn. I think you texted that yesterday. I texted oh, that did to we? you. Oh, okay. Right. But that was about Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Did you notice I how like I noticed that you texted that, but Greg clearly scanned over whatever you no, were. Yeah, I I'm learning that uh, Greg did respond, but I think Greg was just like, I'm going <laughs> to respond. Yeah, you know? Dad's just stirring the pot. I don't know if you know me yet, but all my memory lasts about 45 minutes after that. It's okay. Why is that, by the way? Is there a reason why the memory maybe isn't there short term? <laughs> I don't think you're I not an old man. I don't think that, that is it's a, a fair question. I don't think that's a fair question. It's been like that my whole life. My mom. There's like, no outside. Factors I just try to like attribute it. Here's what here's what matters to me is my relationships and the moment around me. And I'd have nothing left in my brain for that's, anything else. That's a man living in the present. Mark, a quick, a quick explanation uh, before I get into it. What is agent porn? <laughs> not Asian porn. Agent porn. In this case, it was uh, you not know, K- Kingsbury. The general, what is what is it to you? To me, what, what is agent? What, what I sent to you guys ah. was a text where or a tweet where a certain candidate, in this case Cliff Kingsbury, yes. was lit, raised up to such heightened levels, and the words used were so uh, flowery about someone yes. that's never won an NFL game that I thought that there was. Um, a servicing of someone's agent going on in right. that in that agent so porn. We see. Let a, the record show. I responded first to it. You did, but you then responded. it just disappeared like a goldfish. <laughs> just forgot the <laughs> phrase. Goldfish. I forgot the phrase. Um. Anyway, ESPN reported uh, on Tuesday night that Mike McCarthy isn't pursuing any other head coaching job than the Jets opening, uh, which just seemed to me like a nice little <laughs> neat repositioning uh, for Mike McCarthy. As people to remind the Jets, hey, we love you, baby. And also, well, we don't even want any other job, even though Mike McCarthy didn't seem to have a lot of interviews lined up. Well, the other jobs are all taken except for the right. Dolphins so, and Bengals, who he was not involved. It with. makes the, the, the messaging makes Mike McCarthy look like a, a completely focused individual who knows what he wants and, and give it to him. But the reality is a little different. I could be dead wrong about this, but this has been one of the most easy to see through plans as far as getting somebody hired, tell everyone that you don't really need a job and you might sit out 2019 and revisit the coaching thing in 2020. That's your story that you're telling everyone for a week. And then when you look like you're going to be the last one at the dance, you don't have anyone to go out there and dance with. Okay. We really only want the Jets job because Jets that's really – five of them are gone now, and we might not get any other ones. Well, they, they're looking at some interesting names. Baylor's coach Matt Rule. Right. Definitely in the mix, according to uh, Rich Samini of ESPN New York, and seems to be the name that might be I could see it. a little buzz here. That's uh, Daniel Jeremiah's favorite candidate. He's right. got that, there are a lot of college people that would put Matt Rule ahead of Cliff Kingsbury. He's got that Kingsbury fact- pop in that – yeah. People inside the game seem to respect him. He's a young up-and-coming guy. He's from New York. He has a little bit of NFL experience and uh, has done a, a nice job. Like Bruce Arians, a former Temple coach. There you go. Mm. And I have a, a Baylor tie through my wife and my father-in-law. Bob Bonus. Bates is way into the Baylor Bears 
And under Rule, they have transitioned from the, the wide-open spread attack of RG3 and Bryce Petty to a pro-style attack, so he has the type of knowledge of the game that would transfer to the NFL. We'll see with that guy. Also, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offense coordinator, in play with the Jets. So we'll see. That I feel like that's something's coming very soon uh, with the Jets. What about the Dolphins? What are you hearing about the Dolphins, Greg? Well, there hasn't been much. There's, there's still some lingering buzz whether the Dolphins would try to present the, the Ravens with an offer they couldn't refuse in regards to John Harbaugh. Pro Football Talk has written a lot about that. Other than that, the the name in Miami that they think is the strongest is Brian Flores, who is not the Patriots' defensive coordinator, but essentially has those responsibilities for them, been a linebacker coach for them, has a really interesting backstory and just seems to be, you know, when, when owners talk about, like, we want a leader of men, he seems like one of those guys who definitely connects with, with his players, and he might he might be the guy. I mean, just that everyone, I mean... Got it. I guess. Does that but have to be stated that you want a leader of men? Well, as opposed There's to... There's different styles of that, I think, though. Like, Bill Belichick is not someone you would you would say... That's not the first thing that you bring up. You bring up his game plans, you know? Same with Kingsbury, guys, perhaps. Yeah, I Belichick's think... Belichick's guys love Belichick, though. Yeah, yeah, right. But you know what I mean. Kind of. Uh, I know like, what you're saying. Also it it should person, be requisite. That's what people miss about McVay, that he's really good at yes. that part of the job, and it's not just that he's a mastermind on offense. And... I think it's it's the priority you put on it. I don't think that Kingsbury's being hired because he's a leader of men. I think it's because of his work with quarterbacks. I think whoever takes this job, though, I mean, this is a team that's in the zone of almost tear it down to rebuild, and it's not going to be an easy path. And the other name that comes up is Chris Richard, who also his players, Byron Jones talked about Chris Richard of the Cowboys is destined for greatness. Jalen Smith said that right away since I mean so totally different. So I guess both both good candidates, but this is, this is right. not an easy team to take over right now and it starts at the top. Flores seems like a really intriguing candidate, but man, Steven Ross cannot get out of this AFC East thing where he's kind of just endlessly taking people off the Parcells tree and Tannenbaum and I don't know. If I'm the Dolphin if I'm a Dolphins Forward. fan like getting yeah. it just seems like more of the same, but he also who knows might be the next great Young coach. Wes, why does it feel like from the outside, not tracking it too closely, that the Bengals are the only team that aren't even searching for a head coach? Right now? <laughs> well, sometimes forget people forget that they're a franchise. Right. I think that's part of it. And the way they run things. I mean, they haven't exactly been in the news, uh, you know, hunting, it seems. But I'm sure there's something going on. They're slow to make maneuvers in generally. In general, there's no huge. Well, I guess there is a rush because Marvin Lewis wasn't the first Cincinnati coach to stay a lot longer than most people expected. They are slow to make moves on all fronts. Well, they, I mean, they seem like they're lined up. Vance Joseph seems like their guy almost at this point. Which is how do you? I don't know how you sell that to a fan base. Their interviews have been in-house. Bill Lazor, Darren Simmons, their special teams coordinator, and Hugh Jackson got an it, interview. Right, but they to their credit, if you want to criticize, they are taking a really wide berth here. They, they interviewed Eric Bieniemy. They interviewed it's, Shane Waldron. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. They interviewed Todd Munkin. I mean, I think they've had eight or nine so interviews. Those are, so they're, they're, those are all offensive minds. The two guys from the Rams, Taylor and Waldron, and then Monken, those are some of the intriguing offensive minds. And like you said, Hugh Jackson, Vance Joseph's a defensive guy. They've interviewed some defense. This can't be a team where there's any referendum to – you know, you're going to stick with Andy Dalton for seasons one through how many more. There has to be an open-minded it, approach to new quarterbacks. It feels like here. Vance Joseph has it. At least from what you know, Ian and the different insiders, if, if you had to guess, Vance Joseph might be the leader in the clubhouse. How do you sell it's that? It's tough to, to guess what Mike Brown's going to do. How do you tell knows. that to Bengals fans? Yeah, after no one knows. Let's not Denver. criticize yeah. it before it happens. Right, I but I don't trust any reporting about what's going on right. in Cincinnati. No one knows. No one knows. Mm. Um, one more trip to coordinator corner, uh, Mark Sessler, and I hope you're safe. Uh, Josh McDaniels is staying put with the Patriots. His word is his bond. It's solid as oak. So absolutely, he's staying there, isn't he? I yes. I always felt that Wait, for him, that it was the Packers, or or not. Right. I don't think that he would have trusted the situation in Cleveland. There were some, there were whispers about that, that there was some mutual interest. But for me, it felt like Packers are bust, and why not stay in New England? You'll still be a name next hiring cycle, whether you should be or not. Right. I mean, you have a pretty good job, Mark. You know. I do. I yep. can't hear you guys over the din. So. You, you I mean, it a, feels dangerous. You have a pretty good job. But I feel like you should 
move out of this neighborhood at this point. You know, when, you, uh, when you're a reporter that deals with certain neighborhoods, you become ingrained and interwoven with that, with that community. And you so represent they, they, the street. They trust me, and I trust them. I got you. Dirk Cutter uh, going back to the Falcons also, Mark. Well, are you okay with that? Or is that, you know, Mike Malarkey's going there too. What's going on? When he ran their offense from 2012 to 2014, two of those years they finished seventh and eighth. I think the thing, this, this for me tracks back to one thing, and I think there must be a trusted and, uh, you know, wanted, wanted relationship with Matt Ryan that goes both ways. I don't know why you do it otherwise. It's not the most inspiring hire based on what we think of Dirk Hutter in general, but his offense in Tampa Bay was not the issue. It's fine. I, I have a lot to say, but I want to save it for our upcoming Fresh Off The Wire video we're taping after this mm. podcast that's about malarkey and Cutter returning. And you can find that at NFL.com slash videos slash around the NFL. I want the you, If you watch this <laughs> you video, watch this. you will be the first people to ever watch these videos. So check it out. It's like, here's the good news, fans of our show. We're going to give you more and more content. The bad news, we're going to make it harder and harder for you to find it. If you want it's, to, like a, it's like an uh, egg hunt. If you want to hear Wes's trenchant takes on <laughs> the Week 17 Players of the Week, go check it out. Um, there you go. Hey, before we leave, I did send out a mailbag prompt from the Around the NFL Twitter handle. Um, start with you on this one, Mark. Now that the Browns – this is from Ryan Heal. Now that the Browns got their head coach – who would Mark like to see as the D.C., an older former head coach a la Wade Phillips or a younger D.C. candidate? Bill Belichick. He's taken. Bill Parcells. He's old and retired. Um, Nobody really jumps out. No, to time. be honest, like I I would want someone that's not going to, you know, get – I, I want someone who's not going to fight with the with, with Kitchens and the rest. You don't have a pipeline to all the best linebackers coaches in the NFL. The yeah, moment? it just seems like the you know you're the safe from answer. Just say this. Pepper Johnson. Everybody's like, oh, good, good idea. There's this, some shared DNA Pepper. there. Remember, Kitchens worked under Bill Parcells. So Wes, it could be Parcells. This from Caleb Leslie. Which one of the hires do you think has the biggest chance of backfiring? Do you think there's a real chance any of them are out of a job again in 12 months? Uh, I think. Honestly, that the Bruce Arians hire has the best chance of backfiring mm. because because of his health issues. And if he if something happens and then you have an inexperienced coaching staff behind him, I think that's how you end up with three and 13. Well, and he, he said in his first comments, the whole thing, the whole franchise will be built around Jameis Winston. That's the other. So you're, you're counting on that to work. All, that makes also Jameis Winston one of the biggest winners of the offseason. But Agree. it also means if he continues to be the guy he's been for the last four years, you're right back where you started. All right. Good job. Good mailbag, guys. <laughs> Do you want one more? One more. I mean – Two feels a little light. <laughs> Less than a mailbag. I thought you trying to keep these shows. You know, it's so tight. It's like a mailbag. Let's have bag. One more. Right. One yeah. last one. I thought you guys are gonna just go back and forth. I mean, I'm thinking of like do, someone carrying like a time. heavy bag of mail, like oh, Wes you, used to. Around you, oh, you wanted us all to come up with answers. That's more of a mailbag. I like Wes's, though. That would have You like it? Was a good job. I was my answer as well. Yeah. All right. Vamp a little bit, Mark. Let me find one more. Greg, how you doing over there? Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> Did you know Lafleur is French for the flower? Ah, Matt the it's flower. It's like we've never podcasted before. <laughs> no, that was yeah, very this went really rough. This is this is cut territory. There may be you know post show. Yeah, we have who is a uh, uh, handle. Say B Arthur. P Arthur. Oh, yeah, uh, P Arthur. Pietre. P-I-O-T-R. Probably Peter. <laughs> At I Survived 0-16 with Jim Bob Cooter out in Detroit. Who's likely to replace him? Jed Clampett, John Boy Walton, Bo Duke, or a member of the Country Bear Jamboree? <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> you got uh, Wes. You got was, him. That was good. That was good. That yeah, was good. I was like, how do we know? Jed Clampett is the answer. has got some chops. Um, last question. Real question. Uh, Greg, Todd Rice asks, what does the hiring of Bruce Arians mean for the quarterback situation in Tampa Bay? Is you better, you feel better about Jameis Winston there as a long-term option? Oh, no option? doubt. No doubt. The way that Arians talked about it on Wednesday is that they're they're all in with Jameis Winston. So if you if you believe in Jameis Winston like I do, that he still has a chance to be you a, still believe. a good starter, he's solid. That he can be better. That he can be the better. The opposite of solid. Yeah, that's fair. It's also, you know, the GM picked and the GM is still around. Got it. There was a referendum to keep using Jameis Winston, who's had more turnovers than anyone in the league since he's been drafted. It, it all makes sense, but it, he also has accomplished a lot for a, a 
a four-year, you know, in his rookie contract. There's been a lot worse, put it that way. All right, there you go. Thank you for everybody that sent in questions. We will be back tomorrow with our divisional round playoff preview. Uh, now, I said wild card weekend is one of the best weekends of the year in the NFL. The best weekend is divisional playoff weekend because you got every game is featuring heavy hitters, especially with that tomato can Pats game no longer an issue like it's been in past years. We got a real game up in Foxborough and everywhere else that professional football is played on Saturday and Sunday. How about that? <laughs> I, I agree with you. Everything you said. Best divisional round since we've been doing the show, I'd, I'd argue. I'd have to study uh, the past see how the, Let's see how the results come out. Well, there's always been a couple like this game is going to be an epic blowout. Oh, Tim Tebow's playing the Patriots. This is not going to go well. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, no, This everything seems like uh, it will lead to great football, which will mean we're going to see a bunch of horrible blowouts. We just jinxed it. Well, we'll be there in person for Rams-Cowboys Saturday night, and then we'll be taping our, our recap show as normal Sunday afternoon. Very exciting. Okay, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, and the great Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. She's nervous. She's real nervous about the past. Nah. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rule. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.